to the 501 podcast. Seth Campbell, Andrew Epperson bringing you the latest from the University of Arkansas sports as, as well as sports all around the state of Arkansas. Andrew, another week, another crazy coaching search comes to an end. Uh, finally, it felt like that was going on forever, but of course it's kind of like how dogs don't have a concept of time. When there's a coaching search going on, Razorback fans really don't have a concept of time. So that I feel like I got a lot older. I feel like I should be getting close to retirement age at this point. So at least it's over now so I can enjoy it in my retirement. You can enjoy it. Eric Musselman named the next coach at the University of Arkansas. Wasn't necessarily a grand slam. But I disagree. I think that it was a solid triple for the Razorbacks. Well, you know, a grand slam, I guess, in many Razorback fans' minds would have been Chris Beard. Wasn't happening. But we talked about this on the last podcast where we got a lot of information wrong because there are, are no notes in front of us. Even still, there aren't. Yeah, that was a big mistake. We should have done that. But, you know, <laughs> you're coming at it live now. No notes. We come from a TV background, so we're used to no notes. But we are prepared, I swear, yeah. We try. We prepare by watching a lot of sports, like many of you. And we're sharing our opinions, which are not better than any of yours. I but, disagree, but whatever. But anyway, original point. I guess a Grand Slam hire would have been Chris Beard. They didn't get him. Well, does Chris Beard have any NBA coaching experience? No. Has Chris Beard been around basketball coaching-wise at the stage that he's in, uh, in Division One basketball as a head coach for more than, what, five, six years, however long it's been? Ten, it's not 10 years. Eric Musselman has been there for an extremely long time. He's around the same age as Chris Beard, maybe even a little younger. I don't know if that's the case or not. It's around the same age, that's for sure. Um and he has a wide breadth of larger experience, and he's succeeded in college basketball every step of the way that he's been. The NBA was a little bit of a, a different, a different thing, but you know the NBA is also a different ball game. It's same, well, same ball game, different, different, you know, Just aspects to it. Yeah. So great hire, grand slam in my point. Chris, Chris Beard's 46 years old. Eric Musselman is 54. 54. Yeah, so maybe just a little bit older. That's and around the same age. You're asking all those questions about has Eric or has Chris Beard done any of this? Well, has Chris Beard led a team to the Final Four? Has Chris Beard? Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Has Chris Beard led a team to the National Championship? He has. A, a, he's a, he would have been a Grand Slam hire. They're right. But I, so I, like I think Musselman that's better. how you have to evaluate these things is you have a option one option two option three and then you have the guy that you know the lights came on at the bar and you needed to get gone and with somebody yeah that's option four and that would have been alfred in my opinion but probably and now he's at nevada so that's kind of a weird situation it's like circular reasoning in arkansas basketball term <laughs> but you shoot for the stars you see the hottest girl at the bar or wherever you're at and you got rejected by her but you came away with an eight or a nine. So I, for Arkansas, you came out with a great coach right now. And I'll be interested to see 
how the off season goes, who yeah. he brings in, who stays, who leaves. A lot of word was that guys were going to leave as soon as Mike Anderson was fired. And now a lot of the word is that people aren't going to leave. Yeah. And people were asking him about that. Of course, you know, introductory press conferences and then, you know, state of the Razorbacks down in Little Rock. You know, what's he going to say? He hasn't been here long enough to really know what's happening in, you know, in a very detail-oriented way. But from what he's saying, it's he's even shocked at how great the reception's been from the team and the team's meeting with him and things of that nature. Keyshawn Embry-Simpson left. That's one guy who you and I have talked about this. I really thought that he was going to be a good cornerstone feature for the Razorbacks moving forward. He grew as the season went on as a freshman. You know, he'll make you mad and do some dumb freshman stuff, but, you know, that's just kind of the system as well. Uh, if he can get it, keep all these guys here, that would be a great thing. Um, or might not be so bad as some of them leave, too. That's kind of where I want to go to is so Musselman right now, he has two scholarships, right? He's got Daniel Gafford scholarship and Keyshawn Embry Simpson scholarship yep. to fill because the one scholarship they had available has already gone to justice Hill. Yep. Who does Musselman go out and get? Does he bring in a transfer, which he was known for doing at Nevada, but he came out and said that that's not necessarily what he wants to do. He doesn't have to go to Nevada or doesn't have to pull what he did at Nevada and pull transfers. That's just what he thought was best for him at Nevada because that's where he could win. Yeah. Uh, I think he's going to have to do that for this class. I think he's going to just have to. I don't think he really has many other options. It takes time to build relationships with high school players, especially elite ones, you know. Hey, you've got to really plot all the stops if you're going to go get a five-star guy. So why don't you bring in, you know, a couple of those transfers, maybe both of them from Nevada, maybe just one of them from Nevada. I know Razorback fans love to get that five-star guy from who, who was playing there in Nevada who was a grad transfer originally going there, or not a grad transfer. He just transferred after a year. But um, that's kind of the guy who everybody wants, but I'm sure he knows which ones would be needed to plug into the system. He scrimmaged these guys on Tuesday and got to see them live in person, so he knows. Must talked after his introductory press conference to the media and we have a clip from us about recruiting and how he's going to do it here at university of Arkansas to have a McDonald's all American and, and, and two pac 12 commits. Um, you know, we, we, we did recruit the high school and we certainly feel uh, that this state has an incredible amount of talent, uh, some excellent coaches um, in this state. And we look forward to recruiting the state as heavily as we possibly can. So he's going to recruit the state. Yeah. He was just doing the transfer portal thing because that's what was available in the way he could build a program at Nevada. And I think he'll be able to utilize a great recruiting base in Little Rock and won't let kids slip away to other Division One schools. Yeah, I mean, you're Eric Musselman. You've coached for two NBA teams. Again, a lot of his terminology that he uses is going to be NBA-based. A lot of the programs that he puts in place on an individual level level for his student-athletes is going to be NBA-based. This is about getting guys to the next level. Why do you lose guys like Malik Monk? Because Malik Monk thinks he has a better chance to get to the next level with Calipari. Calipari was the an NBA coach for a team. He sure was. He was a coach for the New Jersey Nets at that time. Eric Musselman has coached two NBA teams. Does that make him a better coach than John Calipari? I personally believe that John Calipari is a consummate great. Yes, you can say he's overrated, but he understands that his level as a coach should be downplayed. It's about the players. So if you're going to be like Eric Musselman, 
don't think that you're going to out-coach players. It's just so hard to do that. You're not out there shooting. You're not out there doing stuff. Bring in the great players. So, yeah, uh, he recognizes what he's going to have to do to bring in these guys. And so I think that's going to benefit him well. Well, I think that the university came away with a solid hire, as I said at the beginning, a triple. Andrew seems to think, seems to think, does think that it was a little better than that. So we'll just have to see. Now, way too early, but we're going to do it anyway because that's what we do. Yeah. Predictions for next year. NCAA tournament. Yeah. And you know, if I'm saying that, I mean that. You know, like honestly, NCAA tournament. This is a team that had the potential to go to the NCAA tournament this past year. You lose Daniel Gafford, of course. You know, I know that's going to be the first thing if people hear that. It's like, well, they just lost Daniel Gafford, even though some Razorback fans, you know, might not think that. But, (laughs) you know, Daniel Gafford is a first-round pick probably, early second round at the worst. So you lose him, that's one thing. But with this offense, it's going to be predicated on threes and layups, you know? Yes. This team looked – I mean, Providence was horrible, so I guess it's hard to just (laughs) say that, you know, that's an indication. But what they did to Providence – and, you know, should have done in the second round as well. They they showed glimpses of working well together without Gafford. If you can predicate things on the three-pointer, getting to the foul line and getting free throws, and then just playing defense that gets you in position to, to get rebounds, which also did not happen prior, you're going to be in good position. NCAA tournament first year. NCAA tournament first year. Bold accusation there. Not accusation, prediction. Yeah. From Andrew Epperson. I... <sighs> A lot of guys coming back, Seth. Isaiah Joe's coming back. Mason Jones is coming back. Post. That's what I worry about. If he can get one of those grad transfer posts, I'm baking on that too. And you have to because, like I said, it's way too early, so we don't know necessarily what the entire makeup of the team is going to look like. Yeah. But you have to assume, if you're going to make these predictions, you're assuming a few things and you're making your prediction. Yeah. (sighs) Ethan Henderson's going to have an increased role. Adriel Bailey's going to be back for his senior year. Are those guys you know, Gafford, even combined, are they Gafford? No way. You added a grad transfer in with those guys, NCAA tournament should be expected. It should be expected. It's just the NCAA tournament, 64 teams. All right, I'll give them a 10 seed in the NCAA tournament. That's fair. That's fair. I'll say that they can go to the NCAA tournament in the excitement for Arkansas basketball around the state of Arkansas will shoot through the roof. Oh, yeah. In your first year, if you take a team to NCAA tournament, it doesn't matter if you lose in the first round. Yeah. It's going to shoot through the roof. Now, by year three, you better have gone to Sweet 16. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree with that. I think the only thing that could probably save you there is if you go to the tournament all three years and you don't make it to the Sweet 16, people are going to be frustrated, but they'll give you another year. But three to four years out, this fan base is so starved for a Sweet 16. You go to yep. Sweet 16 the first three to four years, They'll give you another three to four years. Oh, yeah. That's enough. Are you kidding me? Look at what just happened with Rick Barnes at Tennessee. And what, uh, on an even more major scale, what just happened with Bruce Pearl at Auburn? Oh, my goodness. Like, I know that those are two premier coaches, and they're considered amongst the best modern coaches. Eric Musselman also has that mantra. He, it's, uh, for instance, to tell you how much he studies the game and, and studies everything, you know. This is a guy who knew Corey Beck from playing against Corey Beck. This is a guy who, when, you know, just randomly asked by reporters in Little Rock, like, oh, what do you think about the talent here in Little Rock? He was able to name off the major players in Little Rock that have been there for like 30 years. You know, he's a student of the game of basketball. He eats, breathes, and sleeps basketball. 
awesome for Razorback fans to have a guy like that coaching at Arkansas. That's it on the talk about Eric Musselman. Well, nice segue there. Uh, we'll talk about now spring football. And I can't tell you how much I don't like spring football. Yeah. You yeah. learn absolutely nothing. Mm-mm. If one side of the ball does well, if your offense does well, then you got to worry about your defense. Oh, yeah. If your defense does well, well, they couldn't score against the offense. Yep. And then not only that, if you run ones versus twos and the ones don't win by 40 points, do you trust your ones that much? You're not like the University of Alabama where your ones and twos could both be ones at other universities. Yeah, threes too, really. Yeah, no, this is any other school really in the entire football landscape. It tells you absolutely nothing. And so I detest spring football in that way. I know it gives us a taste of football. And by the time August comes around, I'd probably die for a spring football game just to see some football with guys with Razorbacks on their helmets running around. But at the same time, it just, it just gives a fan base more things to worry about. It doesn't answer any questions. Yeah. I mean, but I think what you said there, the second part is totally true. It's almost like you got to give the boosters, you got to give people a little taste of football because here in the South, you know, yes, basketball is important. Yes, Eric Musselman coming to Arkansas is a huge deal, but football still reigns supreme. You know, Chad Morris's group still reigns supreme and will continue to even after a 2-10 and ten season. In fact, after a 2-10 and ten season, I think people might even want to see it even more. It's like, let's see what they got out there. Seeing Trey Knox score that touchdown, that was worth spring football. You know, it was worth it just to see that one dead gum play after hearing about him for this long. Yeah, but he also got jammed off the line by Arkansas defenders. That's true. So he made a great play, but I'm more worried about the fact of what happens when Alabama's corners come up and they go, okay, well, first thing that I know I'm going to do is jam them. So then, you know, Morris is not dumb slot sure but you just double team him or and if you don't have anybody else it's not going to matter or you do put a guy up on the line as soon as he takes those two to three steps then you jam him and i know it's going to be harder but i think the alabama corners are going to be more than capable of doing that so i think that's where it raises more questions trey knox was a big surprise not surprise a big boost to the re- receiving core. It was nice to just see all of that speculation and all of the the hype and the praise culminate in that one touchdown. You know he's a freshman and is yeah, he's going to get jammed every single game. He's going to do stupid stuff every single game. And so is Traylon Burks, who did not even play. We and he was a higher ranked, you know, recruit coming out of uh high school. But just to see one play where you can see glimpses. That's where Razorback fans are going to have to hang their hats. Glimpses this year. Glimpses of the future. Yes, and don't you even dare. Don't you even dare say six wins. Are you really saying that to me, Seth? What happened last year? What happened last year? Yeah, you said what, three? Three. I gave them too much credit. I said three. And you know what everybody did, Seth, whenever I said three? They ridiculed you. They ridiculed me. Do you know what you did whenever I said three? Yeah, I'll I'll tell you what I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you quieted me. You quieted me. Yeah. Uh, and you said six wins, maybe seven wins. And I was going, Seth, like that's unrealistic expectations. First year <laughs> coach for a real garbage team who just won four games. Quarterback situation is up in the air. Like, come on, three wins is reasonable. I didn't know that you were a prophet, but I'm I no, was, but I'm not because I was still wrong. So I was not a prophet. 
I was banking on the fact that this team had a very favorable schedule. They don't have to play a power five team in conference or in non-conference. They had two terrible teams on their schedule with Ole Miss, who's going through roster or scholarship reductions. Yeah. And then they also had Vanderbilt. Instead, they, was good. if they lose that, if they win that Colorado state game, then they're more motivated. And I don't know if they will beat North Texas. North Texas was pretty nah. good, but it'll be a lot closer game. And then, you know, things could happen. They almost beat Ole Miss anyway. And then they got ramshackled by Vanderbilt, but that's beside the point. I think six wins was a reasonable feat for these guys for that team last year. The great da- David Basil said this best. I remember I went in there and I was like, you know, I didn't want to say first time that they were going to win three games. I've been saying to you guys probably three games, whatever. And I went in and I said to David Basil, I was like, well, you know, maybe this team wins six games. Who knows? And he looks at me with this these little side eyes, you know, like what did this guy just say? And I said, what? You don't think this is going to happen? And he goes, if they win two games this year, it will be two games too many. <laughs> he straight up said that. Two games too many. And they won two games too many. Well, I think four wins is where this team will be Yep, and can be and should be. You need to show improvement. You need to be all of your non-conference. You got to show that from year one to year two, if you're Morris, you can beat Colorado State. Yeah. And you need to show that you're not going to lose to another team like North Texas. Yep. But to expect them, you know, Vanderbilt rotated off of your schedule and guess who rotated on? Kentucky. Yeah, and Kentucky's good. For this the isn't first Kentucky time, from years ago. Yeah, for the first time forever, Kentucky's <laughs> going to be good. Yep. Missouri just picked up the grad transfer quarterback, Chad Kelly. Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant. Wow, Chad Boy, Kelly Chad played. Chad Kelly would, I think I'd rather have him than Kelly Bryant. Chad Kelly played for Ole Miss. I'm sorry. Kelly Bryant. Now and, he's sleeping on random people's couches and like accidentally walking into their their houses. That's a true story when he was with the, <laughs> the Broncos. Anyway, yep. uh, so I think that your schedule got tougher. You may be a better team, but your schedule got tougher, so you need to win the four games in your non-conference. Show improvement. Show sparks. Compete yep. a little better. And I think you'll show sparks from Trey Knox and yep. then his counterpart whenever he comes, Traylon Burks. Yep. When he comes. Hudson that they'll Henry. Be, and Hudson Henry. Yeah, they'll be, they'll be decent. They'll have weapons. And they still have Mike Woods. What about Mike Woods? Everybody remembers the glimpses that Mike Woods shows, and now we're talking about all these freshmen. Like, I understand where some of that discrepancy was, where it's like, okay, well, Mike Woods showed that he is an SEC-caliber receiver on a team that had no quarterback, okay? Ty Story and Cole Kelly, they were who we thought they were. They were horrible, you know? So it's one of these deals where it's like, Mike Woods is going to be there with Traylon Burks, Trey Knox, Hudson Henry, and then I can't remember that tight end. I, did, I didn't recognize a lot of the guys who were out there playing. That's how much tur- much turnovers happening. That tight end who was out there ma- was making plays for the offense as well. You know, one-headed catches and stuff. So I've, four wins is good. You might hear that and think I was about to say six or seven wins or eight yeah. wins even. Four wins would be great. That's 100% more wins than last year. Good point. You double your win total and you move on from there. You got to keep recruiting. The offensive line was not how it will be. Yeah. So you you can the spring game it, they should improve from the spring game into fall. But it's all about them. I got yeah, a proposal really. for you, Andrew. I said how much I hate spring football. Right. What if they moved spring football and did exactly what baseball is doing in the fall? What if you scrimmaged somebody instead of 
playing yourself? Um, I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I don't want to say one way or the other because I feel like I'd be giving a very uneducated answer if I didn't. First thoughts. Come on. You, this is why we are doing this show. Uh, I hate doing this. I would say it's it would really violate some NCAA stuff doing that because it's like we're going to throw two teams against each other for a scrimmage, make a lot of money off of them, and then it's going to be one of these deals. What's the NCAA going to make off of them? You, you, I mean, they, they're televising it already. Yeah, they're televising it. Ah. You could just charge admission, charge five bucks admission, and I know the university's never going to do this. You could give it to a charity if yeah. you wanted to, but the university's going to pocket it. But you will have, I don't know, 400, 500% more people there than they were at the spring game. There was yeah. nobody at the spring game in yeah, Arkansas. Yeah, no way. So you add interest and you actually know kind of what you have. And if you're Arkansas, you're not going to go play Alabama. You're not going to play guys that are already in your schedule. Yeah. You go and you set up and you play Tulsa. You play North Texas, UTEP, yeah. schools like that. And UTEP plays you. It's just one game. It's not a series or anything. And you kind of feel what you have. You, It's better than sitting out here and watching a boring scrimmage and if worse comes to worse you play the real game and say people like the scrimmages because they get more people involved and it's a yeah. practice or whatever play four quarters with these guys and then play four quarters with other guys and if you don't want to charge for the four quarters where the worst people are playing have them do it before the game have them if you want to get them those reps you can do those things just make this a little more I feel like it'd be better for everybody and if you're going to come at me with the injury stuff, I already you're already playing the games. There's already the potential to get injured anyway. So True. I, yeah. I mean, put a red shirt or a green shirt on the quarterback to where people can't tackle him and two and touch him and then we'll be good to go. I think it's a great idea. I like that. I, the way that you explained it. I like it in this moment right here. I will say that's a good idea as well. And you know, you got to trust some of the other guys that they're not going to hurt your quarterback, but there shouldn't be any ill malice. You're not doing Auburn versus Alabama. Here. Yeah. You're, Boy, you're, that would be the wildest. Pre- Boy, <laughs> you want to keep getting money for football in the middle of spring? They'll roll Toomer's corner all day you long. Better believe Auburn wins. It, uh, you'll start zero and zero, but it already feels like you've started off a hundred to zero with a natty. Hey, they don't even have to win to roll Toomer's corner anymore at Auburn. No, they don't, do they? They sure don't. But I think that's a way to spice up the spring game. And so we've talked basketball. We've talked football. We mentioned that the Razorbacks are playing Vanderbilt. It's a very, it's a top 25 matchup yep. uh, and it'll be a good game. If the Razorbacks can pull two or three from the Commodores, yeah, that'd be then nice. you're looking at a super regional host. Arkansas last year in baseball, they didn't win a road series game, went all the way to college championships. Yeah. Yep, yep. They haven't lost a road series yet. Yeah. Well, I said, sorry, I said a road series game. They didn't re- win a road series. Yeah. Yeah. No, last yeah. year. Now they have not lost a road series. Well, let's see. They've been a little shaky here as of late. Now, you know, it's kind of good. I will say that it's happening now because it's like you're having to throw some of the freshman pitchers out there and some of the young guys and get them some experience that they didn't have before. And, of course, they've been rocky. They're they're freshmen. You know, they're, they're young guys. They don't have this experience. So it's one of these deals where it's like, okay, you know, uh, the Auburn grudge match, for instance, you know, uh, they're at the very end, uh, super long baseball game, and you're getting a, a bunch of – effort from guys who are not playing just so often. So it's one of these deals where it's like, okay, if you're going to make it to the college world series again, which now you've set that as an expectation, you know, you really have, you're going to have to get those guys up to par because you're not going to make it. You know, you're not going to make it if you don't get them ready to go. 
they have the bats to make it to the College World Series. The pitching, yeah. and they have the starting pitching. The starters, Nolan has actually kind of come into his own he recently. Sure has. He hasn't, I, I think he's really relaxed a little bit. Hasn't felt all the pressure of, I'm a freshman and I'm yeah. a weekend starter and they're expecting me to go out and I got to throw eight innings. Yeah, yeah. I got to throw six innings, whatever, and be perfect. They're not, they don't need any of that. Like, just relax. Started off hot, cooled off, and now he's starting to kind of just, just throw, just be warm and then just get warmer. Get, give us six. And if you, you do any extra than that, that's just bonus. Just keep us in the game. That's yeah. all. If you're Van Horn, that's all you're saying. Just keep us in the game. And you don't have to be Kevin Abel. No. No, Kevin Abel's thrown a thousand pitches and now he's got Tommy John surgery. Wouldn't you know? Because he threw over 200 pitches in a six day span. No, what a, you know, the manager, he really cares about his players. That's uh, why he retired after yeah. that game. That Pat Casey, is that correct? Yeah, Casey. Yeah, you're right. The head coach of the Oregon State Beavers beat Arkansas. National champion, yeah. Oregon State Well, Beavers. he's not there anymore. Yeah. Everybody's saying that he might come back, but. I think the Razorbacks would be primed if they could pull two or three from Vanderbilt to be in that super regional contention. And man, if you can get a super regional, it makes your trek through the the tournament a lot easier. So we'll see. Yeah. If Arkansas could break a trend too, they since 2009, they've gone to the College World Series every three years, 2009, 2012, 2015, 2018. You know, they can maybe break this trend and go 18, 19, and then with the momentum that Van Horn's got from the recruiting class from that national championship, that kind of takes effect, not this year, yeah. but the next year. And you'll start seeing that build up to where this team could become a powerhouse. Oh, this, they, I mean, are, they, they are, already are a powerhouse. Yeah. But uh, a college world series. A championship would really do something for them. Yeah, a college world series team every single year. Like Arkansas, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, that's a very bad year for them. They're like a Michigan but if, for football, it's like they're not winning championships. They're constantly in position to win championships. They are a blue blood of baseball, even though they do not have a championship. You know, Michigan has, of course, won championships through you know throughout the, the time. So, but in modern era, I would just compare it to the modern era of Michigan football to modern era Arkansas baseball. But if you can punch through that ceiling, yeah, and with the momentum like I said you got through the recruiting class, you can turn this in from a Michigan and Jim Harbaugh yeah. to Nick Saban in Alabama. I, I really believe with the facilities Arkansas has bomb stadium, the indoor facility where they can play and practice bomb stadiums getting renovated and yeah. with a head coach like Dave Van Horn, people are passionate about baseball up here in Northwest Arkansas as well. So I think all those things together make for a fantastic firestorm to make Arkansas baseball fantastic and great. If the Nick Saban comparison, that's difficult because that's the best coach ever. Okay. But Clemson, this is what I'll say. They could be like Clemson, you know. Dabo Sweeney's one, two. Clemson is now considered, you know, the heir apparent to Alabama's dynasty, whatever, maybe. What is Dabo Sweeney going to win six? That's, you know, I'm not going to put that expectation on him. If he quit right now, the whole geez, two championships, that's amazing. So our, that comparison would be just fantastic for Dave Van Horn. If he could just do that, get him one. Just get one championship. I agree. And we'll see how it pans out and if the Razorbacks can do that. It'll be a tough task, though, going to Nashville to take two or three from Vanderbilt. Just don't get swept. That's one of the big don't things. Don't get swept. Is just don't get swept. All right, Andrew. We're going to move on now. This week and this weekend – is Masters Week. Uh-huh. And it got me thinking, with everything that goes into the Masters in Augusta, 
Here we go. This isn't is that, beautiful. Seth is playing this. Isn't that just peaceful? Yeah. Welcome, friends, to Master's Coverage here on the 501 Podcast. That was, that's actually pretty good. <laughs> We're going down to Amen Corner. Watch Tiger. Use his irons really well. And then that picture of like the pink flowers oh. that just keeps coming up. That's right. It's going on right now. Augusta National, though, is one of the best venues, I think, in all of sports. And that got me thinking, Andrew. You can go to three venues that you haven't been to that are just national treasures like Augusta. Where are you going? Lambeau Field. Okay. The Packers. Most historic football stadium. Um, I would go to Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. Okay. I think that's the same thing for college football. Staples Center for for basketball. Okay. The Mecca of basketball. Okay, that's pretty good. I will go the Mecca of basketball, Staples Center, whatever. Sure, or by, you know, Boston's, you know, of course, the Garden. That's up there as well. Madison Square Garden is also that, so. Yeah, there's a lot of places. I want to go to those three places, the Garden and Madison Square Garden and the Staples Center. No. Basketball, if I had to pick a basketball venue, though, uh, Allen Fieldhouse, man. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Or, or Limiting it to three is hard. There's I know, so many. I know, yeah. or Cameron Indoor. Cameron Indoor, yeah, that's up there. So, same as upper echelon. I mean, yeah. even I would like to go to Indiana. Is that Memorial Hall? Is that right? Yeah, Memorial Hall for I'd Indiana. I'd like to go see them too. But, Cameron Indoor. But two places I have to go before I die. Wrigley yeah. and Fenway. Yep. Those are going to be the top two, and I would love to go to Augusta. Oh, man. I, I'm not a good golfer. I'm not into golf that much, but just to watch them play you couldn't play on it you could watch them you yes. could never play on oh it. no lord no but just to watch them play would be fantastic that would just be great all right friends well that wraps up our master's coverage and we got one more segment for you here on the 501 podcast it's about maria fossey no you can so make it about off. maria fossey if you want to just make real it. quick yes go arkansas ahead. fans be proud of your top golfer maria fossey the first time that there was a female event introduced before the Masters, Maria Fossey came in second, and on the 14th hole in the final round, she was leading. Of course, Wake Forest has the best golfer in women's college golf, who's the number one amateur in the world. So she ended up you know, getting five under. But for Maria Fossey to finish the way she did, she ended up on Jimmy Fallon. She is a fantastic ambassador for the University of Arkansas. She's wanted to come here since she was a small child, and now she's shoot she's representing the state so well and uh yeah that's what i want to say congratulations to maria fossey i just have one thing to say let's hear it razorbacks are pretty good at running up aren't they yeah second place second place i'd be third when you can be second maria fossey chad was, morris had two wins there was uh, the, women, the women's basketball <laughs> game. The women's basketball team was second place at the SEC tournament, sure which there were. was another stat. Our good friend, Andrew Hutchinson, there's a plug for him at hog sports. He has an updated we article like him. that he always puts out. If Arkansas ever runs up or does run her up, which happens quite often. I think Baseball Arkansas has only won two SEC tournament championships in any sport. Two. What would the sports be? Basketball and volleyball. One basketball, one volleyball. Everything oh. else, every time Arkansas has gotten to an SEC championship game, they have finished. That's right. Second. 2006 Razorbacks football. Yeah. So 
I don't know what this complex is. We we need a name for it, the Razorback complex or whatever, but it needs to be broken. I'm about sick and tired of it. Yeah. Runner up. When they do break it's, through, it'll be oh so sweet. Yeah. For but fans. I want it to happen more than once. Nolan did it. Nolan broke through. Yeah, he did. That was an anomaly though. Well, I don't want it to be an anomaly, Andrew. Why does why do Razorbacks always have to run her up? I don't know, man. Pitch him fit over here. It stinks. I've pitched it for years too. All right. Signs of stupidity. And you know, kind of you've heard of here's your sign. Well, it's basically the same thing, but yeah. we didn't we don't have that trademark, so we can't really use that. But nope. last segment, signs of stupidity, and I have one that I'm gonna hand out to the human race. Okay. All humans are responsible, some people more than others, but for artificial intelligence over overseas in Asia somewhere. I can't, I don't remember where exactly they have designed a robot that can drain half court shots. You give the robot the ball. It calculates how to shoot. It does all the math in its head and drain nothing but net a half court shot. This is, is how humanity is going to end, Andrew. Yep. You can't trust the robots. There's another robot that they created in America. I believe is in America, and it has artificial intelligence. It thinks on its own. They wanted this robot to think on its own. Have y'all never watched a science fiction movie ever? So here, you win the stupid award, humans, for creating the thing that very well may wipe you out. Read Dan Brown's book, Origin. It'll scare you. I don't I want to be to, scared. I talked to Seth about this on the way up. It'll scare you, but of course, Dan Brown always wraps it all up at the end, and so it's not scary. But, the but that's not impact, the real world. Yeah. The lasting impact is cannot be understated. So that, my friends, will be, <laughs> unfortunately, I, do we want to end it on a sour note like that? Breaking news, they actually named the half-court bot the Isaiah Joe bot. Oh, I don't think that's Joe true. bot. <laughs> Boo. A Joe bot. Boo. Well, we are going to end it now. We have to end it now. I'm sorry that you hung with us for 34 minutes and then heard that at the end. I'm, I apologize. Uh, if Joe you, bueno. if you come back, I will be surprised, <laughs> but we will put another one of these out. Uh, Andrew, Big life news, Andrew. Accepted a job at KNWA. I did. Yeah, I'm excited to get going. But that doesn't mean you're going to leave us here at 501 Podcast, are you? I can't leave sports entirely. This will be my one little pinky toe still in sports. He's got an outlet into sports. He knows what he's talking about, ladies and gentlemen. He's followed the Razorbacks for a long time. Make sure to support him watching KNWA. Fox 24. Fox 24. He doesn't know when he's going to work yet or else I'd tell you. May 22nd. Well, talking about day or night. I don't know if day side or night side. So you can either see his pretty Five face when you wake up or his pretty face when you go to bed. Hopefully not when you wake up because that means I'd be morning side. That would, ooh. Yeah, you'd, be be in, you'd be in bed right about now. Yeah, I would. I would. Sorry, Chris Fry. Anyway. Caitlin. <laughs> Seth Campbell, Andrew Epperson, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back next week. Please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It helps us reach other people and if you ever want to sponsor the podcast we're open to that you can reach us uh just leave a little comment you know on the comment section we're all we're all about the bottom dollars the capitalist society here jeff bezos are you listening <laughs> yes all right we're well, signing off <laughs>